Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Bonato, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? It's been a long week, Nick, but it'll be fine, so. Oh, okay, great. How are you? I, I guess. Uh, I'm good. Cool. Feeling better than last week, and because uh, I can move, and... Uh, you know, I saw a couple of movies this day. All right. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I saw one today also. Oh, okay. What did you see? I watched The Manchurian Candidate from 1962. Oh, okay. I watched a movie from 1964 called King and Country. Hmm. And I watched another movie from 2016 called Boyka. Undisputed. Did you now? I sure did. Okay. Uh huh. Sounds great. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, I can. T- uh, I can hear that in your voice. Yeah. So I'll go first since I've seen more. Gotcha. King and Country from 1964, directed by Joseph Losey. It stars Dick Beauregard. Bogardi. Beauregard. I don't know. Tom Courtney. Uh, people you've never people you never heard of. Basically, this is a black and white film that tells the story of a world. It's a World War One Army private from Britain, and he's been accused of desertion. And it starts off; he's already been captured, and they're about to have like his real quick court martial slash trial. This movie was uh, really good. It was it was quite quite good apparently it's based off of a play and it really feels like that when you're watching it oh, okay but it's it's really well performed it's beautifully shot it takes place some it's in somewhere in in europe they don't really i don't think specify where uh but they're in trenches and it's raining all the time there's no soundtrack to this movie there's no music it's just this constant sounds of bombardment in the background it's it's very atmospheric uh like i said the acting is is quite good and it's a pretty interesting story and especially with what we know and understand probably you more so than than me but like mental health of soldiers and and post-traumatic stress and and things Mm -hmm. of that nature looking back into like the 1917 or whenever this is supposed to take place how they viewed being shell-shocked and the idea of mental health in general mm-hmm. in the army is uh it's pretty it's pretty interesting so this the the main character uh private hamp he walked away basically from his post okay and he's in europe somewhere and basically one day he just kind of s- snaps Basically, his mind just shuts off, and he just decides he wants to go home. So he just starts walking to England, and on his little journey, he gets captured and charged with desertion. His lawyer is talking to him, and he says, well, what were you doing? He was like, I don't know. And he's kind of, I don't want to say he's hes simple, but he's kind of dumb. He's got a, uh, I guess, like a fifth grade education, and he dropped out of school when he was 12 to become a shoemaker. And then he volunteered in World War One because his wife and his mother-in-law dared him to because they said he was too much of a coward to go. And so then he he volunteered. Jeez. He volunteered and he 
has been in the war for three straight years. And he says at one point that he's the last surviving guy from his original company. And a few weeks before, he watched someone drown in a trench because they're all full of mud and, and it's always raining. It's just always raining. And he watched this guy drown. And then like the next day, the same thing happened to him. And he thought, this is how I'm going to die. I'm going to drown here like that other guy. And then he gets rescued by some of his platoon mates. Mm -hmm. And basically after that is when he kind of snaps. So he just kind of snaps and decides to walk home to England and gets captured and then is being court-martialed. Since this movie is 50 years old, I feel like I can spoil it. So if you if you were planning on watching King and Country, maybe skip ahead a little bit, but I, I assume most people aren't. But if you haven't seen it and you're planning on it, uh, I, I would recommend it. I thought it was quite good. Check it out. But here are the spoilers. So this guy gets tried for... Uh, <laughs> Were you planning on watching it, Matt? Because if you were, I could turn it off. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't on my list or anything, and and I think it's all right. You can go ahead and spoil it. Okay. So he has his trial, and basically his lawyer is trying to get him off. I don't want to say based on insanity, but more like compassion, where he's saying that he didn't know what he was doing. He doesn't even remember where he was going. Just that he wanted to go home. And they talk to the doctor of the platoon or whatever mm -hmm. and the doctor says basically he doesn't believe in shell shock he doesn't think it's it's a legitimate complaint or that this guy wasn't really showing it he just keeps calling him a coward and they like go back and forth back and forth and they interview some other people and they're like well what about all the other guys that are here that didn't desert their posts and things like that in the end they confirm that this guy is guilty of mm -hmm. desertion but his commanding officer says let's let's convict him of let's call him guilty but be merciful with him he doesn't oh because the punishment for desertion is death by firing squad oh, okay and they're like uh well why don't we do this let's uh what's it called when you get judged let's judge him <laughs> <laughs> let's okay, let's say convict. that yes that's the word Let's convict him of desertion, but with leniency, and we'll just kind of court-martial him out of the army and get him out of here, because he's clearly not well. So they do that, and then they send their recommendation like up the chain of command towards England or whatever, and just as they do that, they get word that their battalion is being moved to the front lines of the war, and then they get another response with the final verdict or judgment of the court-martial case, and the court-martial says, in order to improve morale, he's been sentenced to death. Oh. <laughs> because they're going back into the front lines, and they don't want people to just desert. Yeah. So they're like, we can't just let this guy off, because we're sending them all off to war. They'll all just walk away. And so they have to they execute this guy. And it's really weird what happens. This one doctor injects him with something, and I don't know if I missed something or if there's something about World War One that I don't understand, but his, his platoon mates basically get him drunk the night before his execution, and the priest comes in to give him his last rites, and this guy with a syringe injects something into his butt. And it basically knocks him out. Like, I guess it's an anesthetic or something like that. Uh -huh. And then the next morning at sunrise is when he's set to be executed. They tie him to this chair because he can't stand. And they basically just shoot him in his chair. And he falls over into the mud, but he's not dead. 
and the doctor comes over and he like pushes on his chest and he opens his eyes and the doctor's like, nope, not yet. <laughs> and the guy that was his lawyer who like over the course of the movie becomes real passionate about the, the young man, he, he has to pull out his revolver and shoot him in the, in the head to oh, put God. him down. Yeah, it is crazy. It's all to improve morale. <laughs> so yeah, like right. this, you've got like these 12 guys that shoot him in the firing squad. They're all unable to get it done. They show that some of the guys are like aiming to miss. Uh-huh. And then the doctor says, nope, he's not dead. So the lawyer comes over and puts the barrel in his mouth. And as he's doing it, the, the prisoner is like, isn't it over yet? And the lawyer's like, not yet. And then bang. Uh, yeah. Is this one of those like firing squads where there's only one person has an actual bullet in their gun? That's not clear. I assume it's not because it feels like a waste of resources where they are because they're kind of strapped for everything. Being in, they're, they're in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the war. Like, why bring along fake bullets? Yeah, I guess that's but, a fair point. But I thought about that too. But they, they show that the one guy, they show like sh- down his sights and he's like aiming at his heart and then he like pans left uh-huh. to like look like he's shooting at the bricks behind him because the men don't really want to shoot him. Right. But they're following orders. So it's a, it was a pretty interesting film. It, it definitely is a, a filmed version of a play. I would actually like to see this as a play to, to see how they do it. Um, there are a lot of these interstitials. Like most of the story takes place with the main guy. A lot of the, the stuff in between scenes are just general life with these soldiers when they have nothing to do. And they're dealing with the rain and the water and like the constant. They have to like at one point they get deloused for lice. And at another point, this one guy's sleeping and a rat's crawling all over him. He starts freaking out. So they go over to like a corpse of a horse, which was gross. And then they say that the horse is full of rats. So they scare these rats out of the horse. And then they put the rat on trial for what? Yeah. It's like they're they're basically, they got nothing to do. So they're going to torture this rat. Yeah. It's twisted, but you can kind of understand a little bit because you're like, well, what else are they going to do? They got nothing else to do because they're not on the front lines and they can't even stick their heads above the trenches because all around them is just bombing. So it's just their way of like playing a game to pass the time. Yeah. It's like a gallows humor kind of thing. Uh-huh. It's, it's a pretty dark movie. It's pretty interesting. And I really enjoyed it. It was, it was quite good. King and country from 1964. If you're, if you're interested. Sounds it sounds pretty good. Sounds a little bit more um, abstract, or just like a little bit more strange that I would expect from uh, an older movie about war. Yeah, it's different too because it's a World War One movie in nineteen sixty four. When I feel like they were making nothing but World War Two movies. Uh-huh. I feel like that's it's, usually it's how things different. are. Anytime I find out that a movie is take like that's going to be a war movie and it's taking place in, in World War One, like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, that that's a. That's a switch. Yeah. And every World War One movie that I've seen seems to take place in the same set as this movie. Because I guess so much of World War One was in, in the trenches and the mud. Uh-huh. Like it's, it's tough to make the scenery look different because they're all just in dirt holes in Europe. So what a difficult 
experience it must have been to say the least mm-hmm. and uh, did you ever see that they will not grow old documentary that Peter uh, no no i haven't i watched some of it i didn't watch the whole thing which is why I, I don't think i ever really talked about it on the show no it's really well done and it's it's gorgeous they take this this old world war one film footage and they restore it to like 1080p or 4k i don't know quality of video and then they colorize it and then they add in uh, like some sound design, like the sounds of the things that you're looking at. And it's it's beautiful and gorgeous to look at. But it's a documentary with no uh, plot. There's no point. It's just kind of here's some home videos, basically. Uh-huh. So you're, you're kind of watching it and you're like, wow, this looks like it was an awful time to be in. And you realize that most of the people that are in this war were volunteers, you know, for, for England, you know, for king and country, which is why this guy in the movie we're talking about uh, enlisted, besides to show show off to his wife or whatever. And there had never been a war like World War One before. Everyone expected this one kind of experience, but it was something completely different. And so many people died just drowning in their own bases, basically. Hmm. is uh, a horrible horrible time you can tell you know why they called it the war to end all wars i guess uh-huh. which didn't hold up doesn't seem like it no but uh at the time you can see why they would think that you know yeah why would we do this again and then you're like oh yeah people like money yeah basically yeah. If you're if you're interested in, in checking that out, the We Will Not Grow Old is, is quite good, but like I turned it off and felt like I didn't miss anything because I was like, all right, I get it. Because it does because it's not going anywhere in particular. Yeah, it's really just a, it's just they're just presenting you this restored footage that yeah. looks like it was shot yesterday and you, you see all these these young men who are long long since passed away. And you think of World War One in this black and white, grainy kind of thing where you're like, it doesn't feel real. And then uh-huh. you watch that that movie and you see these restored videos and you're like, wow, this this is nuts. So hmm. uh, I would recommend checking both of them out, but you don't have to watch the whole thing. If they will not grow old. Like once you get bored, feel free to turn it off. Gotcha. And then uh, but this this King and Country movie, quite good. I, I really enjoyed it. All right. Cool. Well, I watched The Manchurian Candidate from 1962, starring uh-huh. Frank Sinatra, Lawrence Harvey, Janet Lee, and Angela Lansbury. Oh, Ooh. she's his mom, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so apparently she's always been old. She's uh, always been old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's uh, still alive, isn't she? She is. She's. I think she's 94. Uh, yeah, this movie takes place, I guess it's... it's I, I think the Korean War's still going on, and you've got a, or, or it's just ended, and there's this guy that's coming home as a Medal of Honor winner, and there are a few guys in his troop who, it seems like starting off the movie, like he rescued these guys. But as the movie proceeds, and, and this guy's being played by Lawrence Harvey, uh, the character's name is Raymond Shaw. Mm-hmm. Throughout the movie, it it starts pretty early where they're like they're showing you that like something here isn't quite right, and there's a there's a narrator throughout this movie, which is a thing we don't really get a whole lot of these days. And at first, it was kind of strange. I was like, oh yeah, that's right, they used to narrate stuff like the plot, <laughs> like, right? And now uh, here's what's happening in case you walked away. <laughs> yeah, but you get used to it, you know, or at least I did. And pretty early on. 
this narrator's kind of going like, oh, hey, these people start having these dreams and whatnot. They're giving you the sense of like, okay, something here isn't right. And then I guess I am going to spoil a fair amount of this movie, but not the climax. Because the movie kind of does it throughout. It's pretty early on that you know people are being brainwashed. But you're watching the characters really start to figure it out. Frank Sinatra plays a character named Ben Marco, who is one of these guys who who's like, yeah, we were saved by this guy. And this guy, Raymond Shaw. Raymond Shaw, when he gets home from the war... He's immediately met up with by his mom and his stepdad, who's a senator, who's trying to hold his space and go up the ranks, too. And almost immediately, Raymond Shaw's like, screw you. I hate you, mom, and I hate this guy, and I'm going to work for some journalist who opposes him. And meanwhile, you've got these guys who supposedly were saved by him in the war, and they're like... This is, this is the Frank Sinatra character? Frank Sinatra is one of the guys who was saved by him in the war. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And he's starting to go, huh, you know what? I'm having these weird dreams and other people are having these weird dreams where Raymond Shaw's, you know, like being violent towards other people. And he he's talking to one of his one of his, I guess, co-workers or or yeah, so somebody works with, and he's like, you know, when we got back here, I was telling everybody about how great Raymond Shaw is. And even right now, as I talk to you about it, Raymond Shaw is the best thing in the world. But there's a part of me that just doesn't believe it. This guy's an asshole. <laughs> like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, nobody even can tolerate him. And. So he starts kind of figuring out that there's been something that's been done to them. And he starts to figure out what kinds of like triggers there are to kind of set people off and, 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 you know, mainly to set, wow, what's his name? Uh, Raymond Shaw off. Uh And so you see uh, quite a few moments in the movie where something kind of triggers a memory or something like just he accidentally gets an order, you know, like there's a trigger present and then he just is like, oh. There's my trigger, and someone over there is talking about going for a walk. I'm just going to go for a walk. The pacing of this movie is very different from, you know, what we have these days. There were a couple times in the movie where I was like, maybe I missed something. (laughs) Maybe I got distracted for a little bit, because I feel like something should be happening right now, or I should feel more drama in what's going on right now. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, nope, it's just paced very differently. And, and my body is just expecting these certain beats to happen. The guy who you you see doing pretty early on, you see the guy doing the brainwashing stuff is pretty over the top. Um, he, he There's a guy that's with him who has a mustache. He doesn't, I don't think, have a mustache. But if he did, he'd be twirling it. Because it's, it's pretty up there in terms of just being like, ha, 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 I'm so evil. <laughs> about halfway through the movie, that's about the point that Ben Marco uh, Sinatra, like, is is getting ready to, he's kind of convinced enough to try to. <laughs> what was that whistle noise? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it sounded like Nedry just slipped down the hill. <laughs> Whoop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh. Uh, ben Marco finally like gets really kind of confident about what's going on. He's he's like going to 
Oh, I mean, I keep forgetting the guy's name. Raymond Shaw? Raymond Shaw's house. I shouldn't forget his name. They say it a million times in the movie. Goes to his house, and he gets in a fight with this one dude. And the fight scene is hilarious. Like, it is the worst fighting ever. And I, I forget what movie I was watching. Oh, yeah, it was um, Prisoners, where Hugh Jackman was punching like he's never thrown a punch in his life. Yeah. This is like that. You get to see, like, a whole bunch of punches that are just the worst. And then for some reason, while trying to fight with the guy, Frank Sinatra just karate chops right through a table. <laughs> and, and it's it's so strange but you know it is it's pretty entertaining i will say i think at, at the first few minutes i thought the acting was a little like felt like a stage play but throughout the movie i feel like the acting got better but i really wasn't feeling very invested in the characters until maybe like the last third of it because there's a point at which raymond shaw and bennett marco actually like sit down and talk together and Raymond Shaw starts talking about basically how he's unlovable. And I'm like, Oh man, you know, I'm starting to feel for this guy. And, and after that happens, once that guy gets a little personality, the movie sort of, I don't know. It's like, it it comes alive a bit more. The ending of the movie is very satisfying and cool. And I'd say at, at that point, once it all wraps up, it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I was very satisfied with the movie. I saw the 2004 version with Lev Schreiber mm-hmm. in 2004 because I went to the theater to see it. And I don't remember it particularly well. I think they changed some plot points. And this is based on a novel that came out a little bit before the movie. I think I think like two years or something before the movie. I remember enjoying the 2004 one and thinking the old version must be better. But I, I walked away from this satisfied and, and I... Can't remember the other one well enough to say it's necessarily better. Um, something tells me they're probably around the same same level. And I guess there's not much more for me to say about this. This also talks a little bit about PTSD, too. And um, it's not necessarily discussed in a whole lot of depth, but I, I was a little bit surprised. Uh, I guess, you know, it, 62 is post-World War II. So, there, you know, I mean, there was a lot of... Probably more recognition there than before. I don't know. It was kind of interesting. There are certain things where I'm like, oh, yeah. There there are other parts of conversation, too, just between characters where I was like, oh, yeah, they were aware of this back then. You know, like certain things where you're just saying like, oh, that was a thing in the past. And just like like social phenomena and stuff like that. But I'd say check this movie out. It's especially if you like going back to, to the old black and white movies. I'd say it's worth watching. Okay. Sinatra got a, a, I think he was nominated, if not won the Oscar for that movie. Really? Yeah. In The Godfather, the guy who's supposed to be Frank Sinatra in that movie, the guy who's crying at the wedding and The Godfather says, why don't you act like a man? And he and he's like, we'll take care of this movie producer guy. It's That's supposed to be the movie producer of the Manchurian Candidate. And Sinatra wanted a role in that movie. And the producer wouldn't put him in until the mob forced him to. And uh, that's what that little throwback is in that, in that scene from The Godfather. He wanted to be in the Manchurian Candidate and the mob made it happen? Yeah, huh. basically. Well, that's what they're that's what they're trying to say because the character in The Godfather, it's it's he's supposed to be an analog analogous uh-huh. to Frank Sinatra. He wants to be an actor or be in the movies and this part's perfect for him. 
and the movie producer doesn't want him to be in the movie. And then they put the horse's head in the bed to scare him and letting him in the movie. And then, uh, Sinat- okay. and then Sinatra got the role in the movie in the, in the past because the, the Godfather takes place in like the fifties and sixties. Okay. Well, I guess it's, I guess it's even earlier than that. It's post just post world war two or whatever. Cause Michael just came home. So that's a, a fun okay. little, t- fun little tidbit. I mean, um, he, he was fine in it. I, I can't, can't give him a hard time. Janet Lee's good in it too. I, I guess most of the acting was, was pretty good. There is, there are a couple things that are very like convenient, like there's one point where um, Raymond Shaw's ex girlfriend shows up, and she just happens to be wearing a costume that is his trigger. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that's that's convenient. She's dressed like a bee. <laughs> uh, well, you know, to, to I think it's okay. It, it wouldn't ruin anything. The trigger is a queen of uh, not spades, uh, queen of diamonds. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like that's you, not that's not really obscure enough to be like a a secret trigger. Like you could come across that at any any time. <laughs> well, that is one reason that he just walks into a lake at some point cuz somebody's <laughs> he's just playing cards and then someone's talking to somebody else and they're like, "Why don't you go jump in a lake?" and he's like, "I must go jump in a lake." Uh-huh. Meanwhile, um, Frank Sinatra is like, "Where are you going? <laughs> what's what's <laughs> happening here?" This is weird. Jumping back to to my movie uh, real quick, the King and uh-huh. Country yeah. movie. You were saying how people were aware of post-traumatic stress, but they called it like shell shock shell at shock, the time. Yeah. And um, what they do in in King and Country when they when they reg- render the verdict on this guy uh-huh. is uh, the commanding officer writes it up. He says, "Tell tell headquarters like all this stuff, but that we recommend mercy, but make sure you leave out everything about the mental health. They don't want to hear about it at all." They don't, oh, wow. they, don't, they don't want to hear about that at headquarters. And then at the end of the movie, well, I, to say this, at the end of the movie, they, they write a letter home to his wife and his mother, and it's one sentence long that's like, hey, um, your husband, Private Hemp, or whatever his name is, uh, was killed in action. The end. Our condolences. The real story of what happens to him doesn't really even get out. Uh-huh. Like it's, He's just another casualty of war. And uh, I just wanted to to mention that. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, that that was it for the Manchurian Candidate for me. So, um, if you want to tell us about your other movie, all right. The other movie that I watched, yeah, is called Boyka, uh-huh. Undisputed, or Boyka Undisputed Four. Apparently, now I didn't know this going into this. Wait, wait, hold on. It's either huh? called Boyka. Undisputed or uh-huh. Boyka Undisputed 4? Yeah. Now, apparently, this is the fourth movie in a franchise going back to 2002 to a movie called Undisputed starring Wesley Snipes and Ving Rhames. Oh, my. Yeah. And now I remember this movie being at Blockbuster. I never saw it. But... Ving Rhames and Wesley Snipe are in prison and they're and they're fighting and it's about it's about fighting and that's what this movie's about it's about like is this MMA fighter I haven't seen any of the other movies uh-huh I don't care about any of the other movies this movie was awesome I mean don't get me wrong it it's was terrible, terrible. <laughs> but but like it was awesome the it's a it's an MMA fighting movie and it is I would say it's the John Wick 
of MMA fighting fighting movies. Like Does it's it like have the, Wesley Snipes in it? Nope. It's got so uh, the movie's directed by Todor Chapkinov. It stars oh. it stars Scott Adkins. Uh, the female lead is Teodora Dunakovia. And then there's a lot of other names, but the main guy, his name is Yuri Boyka. He's like this escaped, like I guess in Boyka three or Undisputed three, it takes place in a prison, and he like basically fights his way to freedom, because in this movie he's an escaped convict living in Prague or something that doesn't matter. So the movie starts with Boyka, who is the most in shape person I have ever seen. I mean, he's got. <laughs> He's got so many abs. I mean, just so many. And he's got more abs than Jason Momoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like while I was watching this movie, I was like, this guy needs to be in a Marvel movie. Like it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So he, he's fighting this guy and basically he accidentally kills him because he's they're, they're beating the shit out of each other. Right. And so he kills this guy. Uh, unintentionally and then he feels bad but at the same time he just got an offer to be in this premier fighting league in somewhere in europe and the the fight is next tuesday he's got to be there next tuesday and he's like okay that sounds great and his manager's like okay great and he goes but what happened to the guy i fought and he's like oh yeah he died and he's what he died and and Boyka, since the last movie, has found Jesus, oh. and and he he feels really bad about the death. He's like, I didn't mean to do it. I, that wasn't my intention. So he goes back to Russia, where he's an escaped convict, and he goes to apologize to his to wait, the guy he kills, widow. W- wait a second here. I, I'm sorry because uh-huh. you just told me about the context of this. Yeah, and I'm I'm guessing that it's has it. Has the main character always been Boyka? Yeah. No, no. No, at one point I think it was Wesley Snipes. Okay, because I was going to ask, was 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 Wesley Snipes at some point playing a Russian? Because <laughs> I don't know if I could buy that. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know when Boyka showed up. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> but Boyka's in this movie, and I'm so happy. And uh, <laughs> so, like, at this point in the movie, there have been probably the movies i think an hour and a half long it's an hour and 26 minutes long and at this point there have been five fights the fights are outstanding i mean really 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 well done the choreography is super impressive the athleticism of the the actors is out of this world you really feel like they're killing each other in this ring like they feel like dancing you could tell like oh man they're gonna you know when they're doing a move like it's choreographed so but it it feels like they're really kicking each other in the face really hard (laughs) and you're like you're like go boy go like there are so there are 15 by my count 15 different fights in this movie and by that i mean boyka at least punches 15 different people all right. Probably, probably more. So he goes. He goes to Russia, where he's a wanted criminal, to apologize to the to the widow of his victim, and she is 
Jill's also like, an she, MMA fighter, and he starts fighting with her. No, she's like this. She's like this generic-looking Eastern European woman. Like if you can picture, picture like a a rush, a, like a pretty Russian lady. Okay. Not like not like crazy hot or like super hot, but like just like oh. Like, like you see a girl and you're like, oh, she's kind of cute. And then she talks and she's got an accent and you're like, oh, that takes it up a notch. So like this kind of a lady, but like she's got really pretty green eyes and or he goes to visit her. But at the same time, apparently the guy that Boyka killed owed this mob boss in in his town a lot of money. And the mob boss goes up to Alma, who's the, the girl. and He says, I own you now. And she's like, no. And he goes, yes. Ha, 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 ha. You will work for me in my club and wear scantily clothes while serving drinks. In addition to working here at your rec center for the children's. And Boyka goes. see where this is going. Yeah. Boyka <laughs> goes to Boyka goes to visit her. She hates him for everything he is because she t- she took his husband. He took her husband. And he's like, oh, no. And then the the mob boss finds out that Boyka's talking to her, and he's like, you're not allowed to talk to her. She belongs to me. And Boyka goes, I talk to who I want to talk to. And then he beats the crap out of a couple of guys, and the club fighter's like, you will fight for me. And Boyka goes, "Uh, no, I, I won't, because I have a big tournament. And he goes, you will fight for me, and I will clear her debts. And Boyka's like, okay, one fight. And the guy goes, no, you will have three fights, and you will defeat my champion. And Boyka goes... Okay, let's do it. But I get a night's rest in between each fight. And the club owner's like, okay. Then the movie cuts to deep inside some horrible Russian prison where there's more MMA fighting going on behind prison bars. They pull out this juggernaut of a man who's being like led by five or six police with those like bars connected to his neck. And he's wearing this Hannibal Lecter face mask and he's got to be eight feet tall. (laughs) He is, he is a monster of a human being. And his name is Koshmar, the nightmare, which translates from Russian to nightmare, the nightmare. (laughs) 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 And so he gets into the ring with this dude who looks like he's five foot four and murders him. I mean, just murders this guy. And then we cut back to Boyka, who's getting ready to do his first fight. But the the lady comes over to him and she's like, I didn't ask you to fight for me. I want you to leave. And he goes, I didn't ask your permission. And so then she's like, whatever. And then he goes and has his first fight and he beats the shit out of this guy. And then the next day, the next day, the Alma lady's like, thank you for fighting for me. And he goes, you're welcome. Um, Do you have a place for me to train? Because the mob boss's place kind of sucks. And she goes, yes, you can can train here at my children's rec center that me and my husband established to keep children out of gangs and off of drugs. And he goes, okay, I will train here. And so he does. And then... Like he gets done fighting, trains for 48 hours, and then goes to do the second fight. Now, the second fight, they mix it up a little bit. The mob boss says, this is my my arena. It's my rules, Boyka. So two guys come out. He's got to fight these two Russian brothers who who are full of abs, too. They've got all the abs. So he's got to fight these two guys at the same time. And he's he's fighting both of them. And it is 
fantastic. And you're like, go, Boyka, go. Kick their ass. And then at one point, he gets kicked in the back, like his lower back. And there's like this loud cracking sound. The, the sound design in this movie is outstanding. It's so over the top and great. And uh, I just recently suffered a back injury. I don't know how I did it, but I didn't get kicked in the back by a large man. Boyka's like, oh, my back. And I'm like, oh, I feel you, Boyka. That, that does hurt. I, I know what you're going through. And he, he like leans into the ropes. He's getting ready to lose. But his mouthpiece, which is the the health bar of all the fighters, <laughs> everyone has everyone has a mouthpiece uh-huh. or a mouth a mouth guard. And he like he's getting ready to spit it out. And he's like he looks at Alma, who's in the crowd serving drinks. And he's like, no, no, I will not go down. And then he just turns around and destroys these two guys. And then their mouthpieces fly out. And uh, that's how someone loses once their mouthpiece falls out. That's how you know they're finished. Yeah, that's how you, okay. that's how you know it. It usually comes out in a big with a big chunk of blood too. It's fantastic. There are these really disgusting dudes, and they're like taunting each other before the ring, like "I'm going to turn you into meat. You'll be nothing more than meat." Now hold on while I protect my teeth. And they put the mouth guard in their mouth, and you're like, okay, like they're fighting. It's like bare knuckle fighting and stuff. And it's like to, almost to the death, but I'm going to make sure my teeth are okay. So let me put in this mouth guard. Boyka has this back injury now. He goes back to the rec center because after a fight, he likes to train. So he's like in the rec center hitting the punching bag, but his back hurts. And the Alma lady is making some sort of tea. And she's like taking pieces of a tree she's got and crumbling it into this little bowl and stirring it up. And you can hear Boyka training in the background, but he, his heart just isn't in it tonight because his back is broken. And she like, goes up to him and, and she, magic she's back tea. <laughs> yeah, basically, she says, here's some magic back tea that my grandmother. It's like she said, no, what she says is, here's some back ointment for you. And he goes, oh, and she goes, it's my grandmother's recipe. And he goes, OK, <laughs> and he takes it from her like, oh, it's your grandma. It's from recipe. your grandma. Yeah. Why didn't you and, say but so? He goes to put it on his back, but he he can't because his muscles are in the way and his back hurts. Uh, and she's like, please allow me. And she starts rubbing the ointment on his back. And he's all sweaty and gross because he hasn't taken a shower since he beat the shit out of those two guys. And she's and then she starts talking to him. And then the death of her husband comes up again. And then she gets mad at him and just leaves and he's like oh i guess that's the end of that and he just goes home and lays down in bed and i'm like i feel you boyka it is tough to lay down when your back is jacked up and then he wakes up the next morning and goes for a 10 mile run because <laughs> it's time to train hey man you got that ointment <laughs> yeah he goes for this run and at this point the the mob boss of the town calls one of his cop buddies or whatever and he says uh I want you to get me Nightmare the Nightmare to come fight Boyka. And the cop's like, all right. The third fight is getting ready to start. Boyka is like really beat up because he's had three fights in six days or whatever. And he has to fight like this main guy. And it's a kick-ass fight. And he's beat the shit. He barely wins. He barely gets away. And he walks away. He goes up to the mob boss and he says... She is free now. Her debt is paid. And the, the mob boss guy goes, uh, 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 Boyka, we had a deal. You had to fight three fights and defeat my champion. And Boyka's like, what? That is bullshit. That is bullshit. And he goes, well, you can leave, but she belongs to me. 
And Boyka's, Boyka, whose face is just bleeding, he's like, fine, I will fight your champion. So he goes back out to the ring, and he's got a 10 o'clock bus ticket to get on the bus at, at 10 o'clock to get to the town he needs to go to for his MMA tournament to go pro. And he lo- he's looking at the clock on the wall, and it's like 9.30. So he's like, okay. So they bring out Nightmare the Nightmare. And he's so big. He's so big even compared to Boyka. He's like two feet taller than Boyka. And then they fight. And and it is outstanding. It's outstanding. Spoiler alert. Boyka wins. wins. Yeah, Boyka wins. And then it gets silly. (laughs) And then there's like gunfight. There's like a police chase. Like it gets crazy. Boyka gets shot like three times and keeps going. Like it is awesome this movie was so fun i immediately looked to see like what are these other boyka movies and there i think this is the last one that they that they made and it's it is it is probably one of the best action movies that i've seen in a long time so like, the other my, mo- so the other movies are boyka no they're all just called undisputed oh okay okay like uh, undisputed three Let's see. So, like, Undisputed 2 is called Last Man Standing. Undisputed 3 is called Redemption. Well, I guess, because it says Boyka is back, so maybe Boyka's in Undisputed 2. I'm, I'm going to have to go through and watch this entire series. Clearly. The only one I don't want to watch is the one with Wesley Snipes. That's the lowest rated one. All these huh. other movies are, are 7, 7.0 and above. Undisputed 3 has the highest rating. Yeah, this, is, this was great. This was, like, kick-ass popcorn fun. And I was literally cheering for Boyka at the end. I was like, go, go, go. Get him, Boyka. It's the movie is cookie cutter as it gets, but the, the fights are so entertaining. They're so well done. The way it's shot is fantastic. The acting is laughable and it's it's perfect. Because they're Eastern European, everyone has this this accent, but they all speak English, even though the buildings that they're in have all that acrylic letters and stuff you know like it feels like everyone's just speaking phonetically it's it's tremendous i would highly recommend everyone check out boyka undisputed it's so much fun it was like watching a a a wwe wrestling event except with like a lot of blood i will watch boyka undisputed as soon as you see oh (laughs) get out or the descent or whatever the third thing was that I keep telling you to watch. I forget what that is. I Us? I, no, watch. No. I can't watch Us till I watch Get Out. Yeah, I'd say watch Get Out first. No, I don't remember what the third thing is. It'll pop up. Usually I think of Get Out and the other and the, whatever the other thing was, and then sometimes remember The Descent. I've, I've only remembered that more because you brought it up a couple times recently. Yeah. But yeah. then I'll check right. out Boyka. Okay, fair enough. That brings us to oh, yeah. our movie rankings list. Dear listener, if you're unaware, our movie rankings list is a list we've been compiling since earlier this year, where any movie that goes on the list has to be better or worse than something already on the list. So, Matt, where are you going to put the Manchurian candidate? I am going to put it in between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and John Wick Chapter 3. Wow, better better than John Wick. And... How many stars would you give it? I'm going to go with three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. And I'm guessing that's a recommend? Definitely. Okay. Now, on to my list. I watched... What did I watch? Jesus. 
I put them on the list already. I can't. Boyka, Boyka, Undisputed Four, and the King, and uh, King and Country, King and Country. That's right. So I put King and Country into the new number thirty-one spot between Mission Impossible Six and Captain Marvel, and I gave it three stars and a total. I'm sorry, I gave it three and a half stars and a total recommend. I also watched Boyka, Undisputed. And after last week where we discussed like how we're kind of alt- putting on things on our list as to how- which movie I would... I basically am going to start at this point turning the list into what movie do I want to see again more. And Boyka is going to go up in the number 15 slot between Arctic and Free Solo. I'm going to give it two stars. <laughs> but like it's like two stars with an asterisk. What slot is this? It's 15. Okay. Below just kind of below predator like three below predator i kind of wanted to put it above predator but i've seen predator so many times i've only seen this movie one time but this movie is great it is phenomenal but i'm only giving it two stars because it's it's a terrible it's a terrible film but it was a lot of fun (laughs) and it's a total recommend if you're interested in seeing our list you can find us on letterbox you can find a link to it on our webpage thisweekinfilm.com website hasn't been updated recently because we're having internet I don't know how to fix the coding of the website, so if you know how to fix coding, please contact us at thisweekinfilmpodcast.com. You can also tell us what you watched this week. We would love to hear about it. Matt, anything to recommend this week for Midwest Matt Recommends? Yeah, actually, um, I would like to recommend... I, I, I guess I'm a little bit on the front end of this, so so far it's fine. Um, a podcast called The Worst Year Ever, which is about 2020. <laughs> Oh, so it's just kind of taking a critical look at things contributing to politics stuff. So, like the first two episodes were actually just about news sources. So they kind of go through. Uh, in this case, actually, it was all like left-leaning news sources, and basically going like, "Here's how much these guys suck, and here are these guys that you kind of trust, but yeah, they've got their issues too." Uh, it's it's certainly not like a right leaning show. It's just a critical look at everything. It's okay. it's, it's kind of bleak. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> All right. So far, worth checking out. So. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to see what Midwest Matt recommends, you can find that on our webpage too. That does get updated, although I haven't done it before. Anything else for this week, Matt? No, that's it. All right. Well, if that is the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. See you then.